Salucci Show, episode 68. Welcome to my apartment. How are you doing? Fact of the day. If you want to make a good impression on somebody, you have four minutes to do this. Apparently, it's believed that it has more to do with your body language, the tone, your speed of your voice, rather than what you actually say in those four minutes. See, this is why stand-up is so important, you know, that, that you're opening to stand-up. Because if that's really true, which it's a fact, so I'm going to say that we're going to go on the ledge and say it's true, is that you have four minutes for the crowd to make a decision if they like you or not. And it doesn't even matter what you say, apparently. I mean, you know, it says something about your voice. So, I mean, it depends if somebody likes the sounds of your voice because mm, I'm not always so popular in that department. And I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, can we even hear our own voices, you know? Mm. I don't think we really can. I, uh, when you do stand-up, you have to listen to your, your tapes over and over, your sets. Every time you go up, you know, you have to listen to the, the, the recording, the tape, whatever you have. I cannot stand the sounds of my own voice. Oh, my God, it kills me. It's like nails on a blackboard, but I have to force myself to listen to it. And, oh, what a horror. What a horror. But four minutes, that's all you have to decide if you like somebody. I, I, I should really look up about, you know, the, you know, the opposite sex or same sex, whatever, you know, romantic interest. Is it the same four sex? Is it the same four minutes? Anyway, speaking of stand-up, I had a, I was in Governor's on Saturday night. So fun. Um, I was my friend Alga Neymar. Alga, if you're listening to this, hello. Uh, she's hilarious. She's a Jewish comic uh, from New Jersey. Uh, we're about the same age, and uh, and she has a funny shtick, and we were there together with a bunch of other people, and we had a great time. And let me tell you, they have this great thing. Um, you should check it out, Govs Radio. I think it's govsradio.com. But basically, any time, well, I shouldn't say anyone, but sometimes when comedians come off the stage, they pull them into this radio room, right? And they have DJs in there, disc jockeys, and they, and they, you know, they interview you, they talk to you. So they, uh, they, they, they pulled, when I got off the stage, they asked me to come into the radio room and, and, and talk. And it was so fun. It was so fun. The, um, the night I was up there was June 12th and they, I think it's called live from the green room or something. And you could go, if you want to listen, you could go to Gov's radio. It was the eight o'clock show and it's from eight to 10, their radio show. And I think I'm on it right about in the middle. I think I go on it like, you know, maybe, you know, an hour and 15 minutes into the radio show. But I was on for a long time. I was on for like 30 minutes, just shooting the breeze with these two guys. And they were so fun. The, the, they were Long Island guys, uh, Italian guys, and I don't know what they do for a living. They, told, they said they dabbled in stand-up, but they also you know, have this radio show. And I don't know, like I said, what they do for a full-time job. But, um, but it was fun. You know, we, just, we talked about all kinds of things, sauce versus gravy, where are they from, um, we talked about traveling. Mario Bosco came in. It was it was so fun. It was really fun. And you know, right off after you get off stage, you got you have that adrenaline rush, right? You know, even if you have a go, and I want to say even if you have a good set or a bad set. So you know, regardless, uh, you, you're all pumped up and you go into the room. And I think it's a great idea, um, and uh, and it's fun. So if you want to listen to it, you could check it out on Gov's Radio. But uh, you know. The show was good. The show was good. But let me, let me tell you something. Here's the thing, okay? After the show, you know, um, people were walking out, you know, and saying, audience, and they were saying bye, and, you know, they had a great time, blah, blah. 
And there's, you know, and then there's somebody. This is the first time I've experienced this before. But yeah, you know, there's always miserable people running around, right? Just, just in general. But this is the first time I've experienced this. This woman comes over to me. Well, actually, her husband first. So they tap me on the shoulder, and I'm sitting down at the table talking to another comic. They tap me on the shoulder, and I look up, and they say, oh, and, and, and so I stood up. You know, I want to give these people the respect. They just watched the show. We all, you know, we all just finished. It was a great time. So I stood up, and the husband, he's literally two inches from my face, and he says to me, now, I'm never going to remember your name, but I just want to let you know that you were rude. You were rude. You were talking. We heard you talking back here when the show was going on. How dare you? And, and then the, and, and he walks away, you know, like snubs me. And then the wife, his little small curmudgeonly wife, you know, you know, comes up to me and she's just like, yeah, you're rude. We're not coming to see you again. We're never going to see you again. And, you know, I'm like, I'm really sorry. I had no idea. I said I wasn't really talking. I, I'm not quite sure. I said, but but I'm real. I, I apologize. I'm, I'm I'm really sorry. And she says, you don't have to apologize. We're not coming to see you again. I said, all right. You know what? How horrible that is, by the way. You know, how, first of all, let me tell you something. I went on stage, okay, and then, like I said, they pulled me into the, this radio show, and I was doing a radio show for thirty minutes, and then I came back out after the radio show. I had a drink. I came back out, and I sat in the showroom at the back of the showroom because I wanted to see my friend Alga and uh, perform. And, you know, and there was, a, there was a comic there that was asking me a couple questions, and I was answering in a low voice. And I know my voice tends to resonate, but I was being low. But I don't know if these people heard me, because I, I really was, we really were not talking for a long time. Maybe they mistake me with somebody else, which is what I really think is the case, because, again, I, you know, I was on this radio thing for the whole time. So, uh, anyway, I, but, I, but I felt so bad. Mm. I did. I felt bad because it's like, you know, we've all been cooped up in the house and events are opening up and events are whatever. And and you come out, you know, you have a date night out with your husband and you come and you watch this great comedy show and you're having a great time and drinks and food and the whole thing. And you feel like somebody ruined it for you. You know, and I don't know, these are just the kind of people that would probably go to the owner, scream they want their money back. So if I don't go back there, <laughs> now you know why. But, oh my God. And, you know, but again, like I said, I think they probably had the wrong person. But, you know, people just love to complain. They really do. They really do. And, you know, in stand-up, you have to have thick skin for the obvious reasons. But... Did, I don't think that they know how hard it is to go up on that stage, right? I mean, you get used to it after doing it for years, of course, but you go up on stage and you you have your act or you're improvising and, you know, whatever you're doing. And, and um, you know, and, and after us comics, we assess the situation after. What did we do well? What did we, what could we improve on? And, you know, a lot of us, we listen to our stuff right, right after. And, and, and to have these big buttonskis come in and just spew not nice stuff is so discouraging, I have to say. And I, I, you know, usually, like I said, thick skin, and usually I brush that kind of stuff off, but this stuck with me. It stuck with me for like a day. And here I am, here I am a few days later telling you, but it's like, if you don't have anything nice to say, why bother saying it? And and by the way, if they wanted to say something not nice, you think you could have whispered it to me? I mean, and isn't that the irony? You're telling me that I'm loud or whatever. You And you, please, please, you could be like, oh, I just want to say, you know, but people don't care. People just don't care. And uh, my, my friend who I was at the table with, who's a comic, uh, 
he said, I, I said, did you hear them? And he said, yeah. He said, at least don't, don't worry about it. He said, people are just angry right now. They're just angry and they're upset. But I felt bad. Anyway. Anyway, I also did a fundraiser on the Upper East Side at Comic Strip this past week. That was really fun. A lot of great comics on that. Uh, Ellen Karras, uh, Marla Schultz, um, uh, Maureen Langan, uh, Chuck Nice. Real, really, really good, really good lineup. Funny people. And it was nice. Um, it was a, a fundraiser for uh, someone's husband who had passed away in 9-11. And I think that they donate, you know, the money to, to some charity. But uh, it was... It was good. It, it, it's been good. I went to Walmart. I went to Walmart on Long Island before my show. And um, I got to tell you, it's looking decent in there. I, I'm usually a Target shopper. You know, I, I like Target. I, I you know, I, I whatever. I, I like Target. But the clothes, as you know, have been hideous in Target. So these people on TikTok have been saying, oh, Walmart's like up in their game. And they have been. They have uh, this brand for women um, Scoop, they have a brand in there, Scoop, and Scoop used to be a store down in Tribeca um, on Washington Street, and it used to be a little boutique store, and they made the cutest stuff, and everything was a fortune, you know, I mean, shirts were like, I don't know, $120, $150, whatever, designer styles, beautiful fabrics, and I don't know what happened to the store, I know that they, they closed down, but I didn't know what happened to the brand. And uh, I guess they decided to make a line for Walmart, and they have the labels on, you know, the same label and everything. I'm sure the fabrics are different or whatever. Not the Walmart prices, though. You're not going to get one of these scoop shirts for, like, $10. I mean, I think the prices were, like, $25, 30 eh, street. If I'm at Walmart, I'm expecting the rollback, you know? I'm expecting, I'm expecting John's bargain basement prices. I don't go into the women's section at Walmart with the cement floors and clothes that could barely fit on the, the kitty plastic hangers they have and expect to spend $30 on a shirt. But I will say, cute stuff. And also Sofia Vergara, the actress, she, um, she has a, a line of clothes that she's doing for, for Walmart. And mm, I'm so thirsty. I apologize. Um, cute. Again, cute tops. Little cute linen tops. Spaghetti strap with the bone. But again, the price, nah, not for me, $30. And, and when I say not for me, of course I spent $30 on a top. Of course I, come on. But in Walmart, in Walmart, but I will say everybody that has told me check Walmart, they were right. They were 100% right. I'm not going to go all across the board and say Walmart's the new target. I, I, I can't do that. But, you know, the thing is really, is Walmart, and this is guy section, girl section, you got to get your merchandising good. I mean, you know, a, a, a nice hangers go a long way, you know? I'll never forget my, my closet when I had, you know, I'm sure like you, I had my, I'd open my closet, plastic tube hangers, wire hangers from the dry cleaning, plastic all over. We love our customers' paper on the floor. I mean, like a horror show. And, you know, five or so years ago, my girlfriend told me, go to the container store, get the velvet hangers, you know, the slim velvet hangers. I did. I bought them all in a salmon color, and then I went back and bought like an ivory, a few ivory batches, and those are the only hangers I use, and my closet looks gorgeous, and it doesn't even matter what I have hanging on the hangers. It just is the look. It's the look, like the voice, like the voice. Sometimes it doesn't matter what you say. Sometimes it's about the appearance and the tone and the, whole, the language. Well, 
I got to tell you, you go around Walmart. I took a browse through the men's section. Everything's on. These kids are rust, plastic hangers. They don't even fit on the man's shirt. Then the shirt's all wrinkled. It's lopsided. Everything's a disaster. You got plastic hangers going up, another one going down. It, they, look like, they, they look like airplanes out of control on a bar. And, um, I, you know, I mean, this some simple little thing. Simple, simple little thing. This is like Ross. Ross, Ross in California or Ross in Florida. You know Ross? I think actually they have a Ross in New Jersey. We don't have them in New York, but Ross, another two, one of these, not Walmart, not a Walmart. You know, it looks like a, it's like a Burlington. It's not even like a TJ Maxx. It's like a Burlington. You, everything's a wreck in there. In fact, Sebastian Maniscalco has a bit about when you go into Ross, everything's on the floor because then it's true. <laughs> it's just true. I went to my aunt's house. Last week, she made uh, the zucchini noodles, you know. I had them. Um, She didn't, not with sauce and cheese, not like, you know, substituting spaghetti. Obviously, that's how a lot of people eat them. But she just did a little garlic and oil. She sauteed the noodles, you know, because obviously you're not boiling them because it's just, you know, the zoodles, the zucchini noodles. And um, it's just a little salt and pepper. Delicious. Delicious. I bought the noodles, the zoodles. They went bad. Oh, I'm so disappointed. I was going to have the zoodles last night. And then I, I go in the fridge and I'm like, oh, man, soggy. I hate when that happens. I hate when that happens. When my It's funny. When my kids aren't home, when they're at their father's house, the food in the fridge, it just doesn't get used. And I cook. I cook. But, you know, now things are opening back up. Everybody's excited. And I'm sure you heard the news because I'm recording this actually on Tuesday. Uh, I usually post on Tuesday, but I'm recording on the Tuesday that New York is going to open back up. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I text, I text my ex-husband. I said, when I saw the post, you know, the, the, the news articles come out. No, oh, after 472 days, whatever it is, New York's finally going to open up because we're at 70% vax, 70% of the people are vax. Yeah, yeah. I text my ex-husband. I said, this might sound bad, but is there a part of you that, like, doesn't really want things to open back up. He's like, what are you saying, Elise? I said, it's not that I don't want things to open back up. I do. And I'm a performer. Of course I want things to open up. We need the tourism to come back and all this. But it kind of was nice at certain parts of the pandemic. I think we're going to start to see a lot of articles and people saying, you know, actually the pandemic was kind of nice. We complained because of the unknown. We complained because of the, 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 the threat to our health. We complained because of the deaths. And of course we complained, but, but it was kind of nice. I was able to get a parking spot anywhere in Manhattan for months, for months. I didn't even have to loop around the block. It was a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful thing. And, um, and, you know, and, and as I, I've said a bunch of times, the work-life balance, oh, my God, what a change in life. What a change in life. Oh, and, you know, and, and some companies are sticking with it. But to ask people to go back, I was just on the phone with one of my friends, one of my guy friends. We, we met in college. And, um, and his company went back to the office this past week. He works in finance. And he only lives 20 blocks from his office and he's a single guy and he has no kids and the whole thing. And, um, nice Greek guy. Uh, and the thing is, is he's like, Elise, it's so inefficient to go into the office. 
I was like, yeah, but you live like 30-minute walk. I mean, you very casual stroll to the office, 30 minutes. He's like, yeah, it is. He's like, but I got to go. I got to sit down. I got to be there. He's like, I can't do my laundry. I can't make my food. I can't blah, blah. He's like, I want to be home. And he has a place in South Hold. He also has a place. He lives in the city, but he has a place in South Hold, Long Island. And he, you know, and he has to now go back to architecting his schedule on when he could go out to his summer home. One percent problems that he's talking about here. But my point is, it's a waste of time. We don't want to go back into the office. We don't want to go back into the office. Oh, we um, at my company, I had a, a new girl. <clears throat> I don't know if I said this last week. If I did, I apologize. But I had a new girl start on my team, right? And uh, her father is uh, a big shot on the board, and um. And, and and she she lives in the city at home with her family. She's young. She just got out of school, and she is uh, got an office at my company in Manhattan, whereas I am in the executive offices in um, the headquarters in Long Island. But now I'm not, cause, but I'm not because I'm home. But I went to go work with her for a couple of days. Did 20 minutes from my house. 20 minutes. Beautiful ride down the bus. A beautiful quick ride on the bus. But yet. I, I have people wanting me to drive an hour and a half. No, this is crazy. This is crazy. I went to a bridal shower this weekend in Staten Island. This place, uh, my cousin Nick, his fiance Stephanie, so cute. She had an Alice in Wonderland theme. The place was called EJ Michaels. You know this place? It's in Staten Island. And I know not all of my listeners are uh, in the tri-state. But it's a tiny little catering hall all the way in Staten Island. I just wanted to mention it. I I, the food was good. It was an adorable place. And it was like a house that they, it was like a big house that they made that's on a regular residential block that they made into a catering hall. I'm sure all the neighbors are really happy about that. And, uh, and it was nice. It was cute. And you know, it's like you go, you, you go to these catering halls and you have to book all dates in advance. And I'm sure this place is similar, but, but it felt homey. You know, even though it was set up, the catering hall, tables, the rugs, the tr- Italian trellises on the wall, big, you know, parquet dance floor. But um, it was a very cute place. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 it was nice. It's nice. I, it's so funny because someone, one of my divorced friends, goes, why are you going to that? Why? Why are you going? You want to go to a shower? I said, yes, I want to go to the bridal shower. Why wouldn't I go? I want to go celebrate them. They're their upcoming nuptials. And she's like, but you're divorced. It's miserable. <laughs> it's not miserable to me. I, I, I think it's fun. It's cute. It's funny. It's cute. When I remember when it was my shower, b- besides the fact that my ex-husband was horrified, my British ex-husband, because in his, his country, they don't have showers. In fact, my ex-mother-in-law... <sighs> Very difficult lady. She was very lovely, but she was like a hippie, you know? And, um, which, nothing against hippies, but, you know, it, it's a little bit like oil and water with the big Italian, fa- big New York Italian family. I remember I was having my shower, my bridal shower, and she says, Oh, oh, the British women. We don't believe in showering women with gifts, Elise. And I was just like, oh, please, get out of here. Like, you know, like, go have a cup of tea. I honestly, really, we, we don't, it's a, we know when he woke up and said, today I want to be showered with gifts. No, it's just a tradition and it's a nice thing and it's a nice fun thing in a girl's life. She was such a naysayer, that one. But I liked going to the shower. I didn't care what my friend said. Um, I mean, no, if I had to go to like, one shower a month, that would be another thing, you know? Yeah, and we all have those friends, right? The, the, you're, like that's, you have that one friend that gets invited to every wedding. She's in everybody's bridal party. That I couldn't deal with. If I was divorced, I don't want to hear all that. I don't want to hear all that. 
You know this guy, Dan Bilzerian? Do you know this guy? So I was on the couch, right, talking to my boyfriend. And he says to me, Elise, you know this guy, Dan Bilzerian? And I might be even butchering his name. I said, no, no, who is he? He said, oh, he's, a, he's an actor, and he's a poker player, and, and he sleeps with 17 women a week. I said, what? He said, yes. I said, why? My boyfriend says, I don't know, because he can. Let me tell you, okay, this guy, let, let's, let's talk about this guy, Dan. Dan Bilzerian. He's an actor, maybe air quotes actor. He's a poker player. One year, he made $47 million playing poker. Okay. I played, well, I don't play poker, but I went to a Wall Street charity tournament a thousand years ago with my friend Bess. Bess, if you're listening, hello, call me. I know, I think she actually listens because she, she emailed me not too long ago. But anyway, um, we went and we saw, you know, Annie Duke and all these famous poker players playing and they played against the big um, David Einhorns and, you know, all the big, you know, Wall Street movers and shakers. And it was great. It was awesome. I don't remember this guy, but maybe he was there. But this guy, Dan Bilzerian, cute guy. Maybe he looks like he's in his early 40s and uh, he has a ton of dough. And he, he, he talks about this. He sleeps with 17 women a week. And sometimes he'll sleep with 10 women in his bed. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If I am making $47 million a year, I am not only going to have a bed for myself, I'm going to have the biggest bed. And I don't want anybody in it. I want that bed to be a massager, a water bed, up and down. I want to roll to different parts of my bed. I want it to be hot. I want it to be cold. I, I, I want to slip and slide in my bed. I do not want any... I barely want to sleep in the bed with anybody now, let alone if I was so wealthy. I mean, what kind of sleep is he getting? What kind of sleep is he getting? 10 women sleeping in your bed? I mean, does that not make you nauseous? And by the way, I don't even want to give him a lot of airtime because I think that he's a little bit of an oink-oink, you know what I'm saying? But what's with the girls? What's with the, these, these girls? <clears throat> if you Google it, Dan Bilzerian's women. First of all, I had to Google Okay, and there's a there's a an article on a website called thetravel.com, and this is what com- came up: thetravel.com. Dan Bilzerian's girlfriends and where they're from. It's an article of like ten girls. First of all, they're all adorable. These girls are all, all adorable. They're all in their twenties and thirties and early forties, and uh, and and they they're all they all look flawless. You know, they have you know like a twenty two inch waist, like giant boobs, like perfect feet. You know, everything's flawless about them. These and you know they're all they're on the they're on Instagram you know within the sexy outfits and the whole thing fine you know whatever if you gotta flaunt it I'm not hating I, I you know if I was younger maybe I would be doing the same thing on the gram whatever whatever you want to do but girls you are all so cute what are you doing you're gonna what cat scratch with one of your fellow friends to go after this guy why because and sleep in the bed with him and nine other women why because he's got a smooth forty seven mil in the bank. Fuck him, go make your own money, really. I mean, you're so cute. You could go be a model. You, you, then that's what you want to do, do Playboy, but really. I, I just, that's never been my thing. That has never been my thing. And my ex-husband will say that about me. I never, I, I like men that are successful. Don't get me wrong. I like men that can hold their own. I like men that uh, treat women really nice. But I have no desire. I never had a desire to go be with somebody that, uh, just because they have a ton of money. And I mean, 
where are your standards, girls? You're going to go be with this guy because he has a ton of money, but he's dating all these other girls. There's no loyalty. And if you think he's, you're going to be the one to change him. If you think he's going to marry you, sorry. Sorry. It never, it never works like that. It just never does. But I said to my boyfriend, I said, can you imagine dating two women at one time? Forget, forget 10. Forget 17 dates in a week and sleeping with 10 in the bed. Can you? He said, no, Elise. He said, no. You, he said, you are so exhausting. <laughs> you are such a handful. He said, I cannot imagine dating two of you or one and a half of you. I couldn't think of anything worse. And I said, oh, thanks. But I mean, really, you know what? This guy, Dan, he pro- you know what he probably does? He probably takes one for lunch, one for dinner, you know, probably just lets them talk. He probably just sits there or, or he just talks and they just sit there. You know, it's not a genuine relationship. Mm. Anyway, he's the, uh, he, he's the playboy of the, of the minute apparently. But all the girls, they're, they're all, you're all, you're all gorgeous. You're all dolls, but really, I don't know. It would be nice if all these girls would come together, right? And just be like, you know what? Fuck going, trying to get a guy that, 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 one of these kind of guys, right? Like, we're going to make our own money. We're going to do our own thing. That would be more of an inspiration to all of the young girls out there watching. But instead, we got all these girls wearing little floral mini dresses, trying to show their boobs, wearing bikini tops upside down and white chunky sneakers, going around thinking that their their life's goal should be Instagram model, a vlogger, get a Lambo, and, and a rich guy. I mean, I'm not raising my daughters like that. My older daughter, she's... She's really smart. She likes a lot of things, science and math and all this stuff. And I tell her, you're going to go to Stuyvesant. You're going to go to Stuyvesant High School. You're going to be a doctor or a scientist. You're going to be wonderful. My younger daughter, totally dramatic. Her, I said, you're going to go to LaGuardia. You, you dance, sing, whatever. My older one plays the violin. And you know what? It's like I, I'm, I'm raising strong girls over here. I'm not, I'm not raising my daughters to... to to, to meet a guy, Mm-mm, not for me. And and I'm not even gonna, and by the way, by the way, let me just say this to you, okay? The taking of the last name, I'm, I'm sure you girls listening probably took the last name. And for the guys listening, maybe you your, your wives took the last name. When I was married, I took my husband's last name. I regret it, not because of any very strong left feelings or v- feminism. You know what, it was just too much work. It was just too much work. And, and by the way, I got married when I was 27. I got engaged at 26. I lived my whole entire life with my maiden name. Everything. Jobs, this, that. And then what? Just because a man puts a shiny rock on my finger and then I go and have a ceremony in a church means that I should change my name to your name. Now, I am a traditional person. I'm very traditional I like a traditional family. I like all traditional values. But the changing of the name is so exhausting. You know how much paperwork you have to go through and all that? And then, in my case, oh, you get divorced. And it's like, well, great. Now I've established, I I further, I should, not just because I was working and I had a career before I got married, of course. I started my career before I got married. But it's like, I, I was, I'm, I'm further established in my career. And, and, and now I'm all you know, verklempt in my head. I, I, I st- my legal name is my ex-husband's name. I use that name for work. You know, I have my maiden name I, 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 and, and I try to use that in my personal life. Um, you know, and I try to get my mail, you know, to my, my maiden name. But then 
But then it comes with the married name. I don't even know who I am anymore. I don't, I, sometimes I walk around and, and, and by the way, and you know, my married name is a British married last name. And it's, uh, and it's, 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 you know, it's fancy sounding. It's ridiculous, you know, it's ridiculous. So it's like, you, you know, the second you see my name on paper, you think someone else is showing up and then I show up in a leopard velour jumpsuit, you know, sounding like the love child of Joe Pesci and Marissa Tomei. And, 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 you know, <sighs> And it's a whole thing. Anyway. Anyway. Um, speaking of love child and Brooklyn people, uh, Lisa Marie, one funny mommy. Do you listen to her? I'm, I watch her on TikTok. If you, if you follow me on uh, TikTok, there's probably a good chance that you follow her as well. Um, she's a mom uh, from Brooklyn, Italian mom. And she does these funny little bits. Uh, and, um, and, 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 you know, whatever. And she's, she, she's funny. I, I don't know her personally, but we have a mutual friend. So here's the thing. She's, she's on the road. She's on the road with the show. And, um, I don't, I don't really understand. I don't really understand. And maybe you can help me understand because, um, and lots of comics say this, like <clears throat> for us comedians, we have been, a lot of us have full-time jobs, you know, and of course, if you have the good fortune of stopping your full-time job one day and your comedy could take over, that's amazing. You know, Sebastian famously says he was working in the Four Seasons as a waiter for 19 years, or other places as well, but, you know, working as a waiter for 19 years until he got so busy with comedy and he he was making the money with comedy that he was able to leave his waiting tables job. But the money, there's no money in comedy. There's no money in stand-up comedy. Um, when when you when you're a young comic, young meaning uh, new newer comic, and um, and it takes a long time to really you know make money. And we do it because we love it. We do it because we love live performance. We love entertaining. We love to hear the laughs. We want to make people laugh, and we love to laugh, right? We love it. And obviously, we have something to say. Here's the thing, though. I don't want to make it long-winded. Um, us comics, we, we, I've been, you know, I, I've only, like I said, I've been doing comedy um, a little over four years, and it is such a grind. I mean, going to the open mics, you know, the, oh, I don't, I don't go to mics anymore. I'm knock on wood. I get shows a lot, so that's awesome. But, you know, you would go to the mics, and you're in the basement of a place called Otto Shrunken Head on East 14th Street and Avenue B with God knows who and God knows what back there, and you're waiting for three hours on a line, and then you go up in the mic just to do five minutes, and you gotta pay to do a mic. You gotta pay five dollars. I mean the the this the sweat, the tears, the time, the investment, all of it. And and uh, not every mic you got to wait the 3 hours, you know. And I would do 3 4 mics in a day and then I'd be doing shows. I mean, you really put, and then you got to you're writing, you're writing, right? I mean, this is a full time thing. And and how and where I got the time, if you were wondering when my husband, because I started when I was married, when he would go to sleep, my kids were sleeping, that's what I would do. I don't I don't really watch a lot of TV. Um, and I didn't watch a lot of TV then. I, um, I I would, you know, do my writing. I would I would be out, blah, blah, whatever. Anyway, we put in the work and we built, we built an act. And my act is still in construction because that's the name of the game. It always is in construction. And comics are always working on their bits. And then you get these people on social media. And they've never done stand-up comedy in their life. And uh, like, and this is like this uh, Lisa. And then they go out and they, and they have these big shows. And to us comics, we think, 
oh my God, like how is that happening? Like we, 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 we've been working so hard at acts and, 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 and making tight jokes and this and that. And I don't know. I don't know how it happens, but um, I did watch a lot of her stuff recently because a lot of people tell me that uh, we remind each other of, of one another. Um, and so I watched it, and I think I do think she's funny. I'm curious to see uh, what her act is like, if she has an act or if she's just doing sort of a meet-and-greet show, but I do uh, see that she has a show out there. So good for her. I'm happy for you. Any other girl that's doing this, I applaud you. I don't think that she was a stand-up comic, though. I don't think she was putting that kind of work in. I think she was just doing the social media. I started social media um, when the pandemic started. And that's when I got a, a bit of a following because there was no mics. There was no shows. There was nothing to do. It was just Zoom and me and my kids. And I was going crazy. And I was desperate for an outlet. I was desperate to go back on stage. And I just thought, you know what? Let me just use my phone and try this TikTok business. And then one thing led to another. And here I am. So um, everybody has a different path. But uh, if you have seen her show and you, you, if you have gone to see her show, let me know how it is. Um, I want to go. I want to see it um, and, and, and see what the deal is as another Italian-American woman out there uh, on the, the stand-up stages. So keep me posted. Keep me posted. What else do I have for you? Oh, mm, you know this brand ColourPop? It's a makeup brand, ColourPop. Well... It's not, I, it wasn't really going to be my product of the week, but it is my product of the week. Um, and it, just because I think it's adorable, ColourPop partnered with Barbie. They partnered with Barbie and they made a whole line of makeup. I want to tell you why I like this. Not because I'm suggesting we all go out and buy Malibu Barbie lipstick. That's not why. I don't need, and by the way, the prices are not that cheap, just to let you know. But I love, I, I think it's adorable, this real you know, real makeup brand partnering with Barbie and, you know, doing this whole collab, whatever. Here's the thing. When I first saw it, I thought, oh my God, this is great. It's adorable. My girls love Barbies. They love Barbies and they also love makeup and they like these shitty little makeups. You know, they have all these shitty little makeup lip smackers, things I buy at the 99 cent store that I know are poison. I know these lipsticks are poison. I could be, I, I, and I feel terrible when I let them play with this stuff that I buy at the dollar store, this junky makeup, because I know it's terrible for them. So I read in a magazine, I see ColourPop, this makeup line partnering with Barbie. I thought, oh my God, I'm going to get it. So that's why I'm sharing this with you. If you want to buy your kids cute Barbie makeup and not have it be crap, ColourPop and Ulta is selling it. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you want to buy the full collection, if you want to buy the full collection of Malibu Barbie makeup set by ColourPop, guess how much? A hundred dollars. One hundred dollars. Can you, let, let me tell you what you get with this. You get three lipsticks, a couple lip liners, fake eyelashes, eyeshadow, blush, and a mirror for a hundred dollars. Are you kidding me? I'll, how about this? How about I go into CVS and I get wet and wild. Okay. And I get Barbie and I print out, print it out from the internet and I tape Barbie stickers that I printed out from my computer and I wrap it on the wet and wild lip liners and the compacts and then I laminate and I give it to them. A hundred, I mean, come on. Is that not ridiculous? It, it, it's not, it's not for kids. Not that I thought it was for kids, but I thought a hundred dollars. I mean, that's something else. Anyway, that's what I got for you today. That is where I am at. That's my thoughts. That's where I'm at. 
Definitely more next week. More shows coming up. Um, Mike Marino has some New Jersey dates coming, which I will be back with him. But I am, as I said to you last week, I have my own show. I'm doing one night only in September. One night only in September. I don't have a place yet, uh, and I don't have the exact date, but it's going to be um, it's going to be mid September, you know, and it can't be around nine eleven. No, no, no. And I uh, and I lost my aunt. So that's a terrible time, uh, 9-11 for my family. And it can't be uh, at the Jewish holidays. So we, we're finding the date right now and the venue. But it's going to be one night only just in New York to start uh, and see how the turnout is. But that's going to be coming up in September, and I'll keep you posted. Quote of the day by Mary Engelbright. Do you know who this is? This is the woman, she makes those kind of wacky wall calendars and like rip-off calendars and she's, she does illustrations of like women and, and, and all kinds of, she, she's very cute. Look into her, Mary, Mary Engelbright. I have one of her cal- calendars, it's cute. But she has this great quote and I love it and I wanted to share it with you. If you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change the way you think about it. I love it, Mary Engelbright. Anyway, that's all for episode 68 with Elise DeLucci. Thank you, as always, for listening. Leave me a comment in the Apple Podcast Store. You know I read them. You can follow me on TikTok. You can follow me on Instagram. And I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.